Hey everyone, welcome to the Chamber Channel's Five Questions podcast. This is the place where we take a deep dive with industry leaders for an inside look at their world. The RBC Heritage presented by Boeing is right around the corner. Today's guest has been at the helm of South Carolina's only PGA Tour event since 1997. He's going to give us the inside scoop on what's happening with this year's tourney. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us again today. Uh, We're delighted and honored to sit down with Steve Wilmot. And Steve is the RBC Heritage Tournament Director, as well as the president of the Heritage Classic Foundation. And uh, uh, Steve, we're delighted to have you, as I said, and we're also fortunate to have you as the Tournament Director for the RBC Heritage. Well, Bill, thank you. And uh, it's an honor to be in this position representing this incredible community. And, um, you know, we appreciate all that you and your incredible team over there does for for us, the tournament, but also for the uh, all of us in this community. Steve, I know that uh, I think it was August the 20th of 1986 when you moved to Hilton Head Island, and probably I think and would hope you would agree that was the best decision you made in your life. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so thank you for reminding me. I don't talk years anymore. I talk pounds, but that's another story. But uh, it has been a few years. Uh, what I thought was only going to be 10 months at the time of being hired by Sea Pines is now in my 36th year, and this will be my 35th tournament. So, uh, um, and I continue to learn. I'm, I'm continuing to be blessed and uh, count my blessings every day to to represent this tournament, but be a part of some this community and the fabric of this. Uh, tournament is pretty special. Steve, I know you've always been a Southerner at heart. And uh, before we really dive into our questions, I think our listeners would love to to hear your story just a little deeper about how you got here and maybe where you came from on uh, Exit 4. You guys are really catching me off guard today. Um, yes, I tell people I'm a Southern heart being from South Jersey, exit four on the Jersey Turnpike. But um, my, my, I was born and raised in Morristown, New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, my, my, my mom still lives up there. Unfortunately, my dad passed away a few years ago. Uh, but this is home. Um, I, I actually left from Morristown, uh, went to Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I played football. Not that it matters, but then I ended up coaching over at Wake Forest and uh, and at that point got into graduate school and in the professional sports um, and then the Carolinas PGA actually hired me in the spring of 1986 up in Myrtle Beach and uh, then I was hired here by the Sea Pines Resort and the pro sports department back in the summer of 86 as you mentioned and what I thought was going to be 10 months uh, turns out to be 35 plus years and uh, uh, this is home. Um, I continue to learn each and every day as we all know the day you stop learning is the day you, you get out of the business and I hope to still be around for uh, many more years. So We hope so too. So 35 years, you've been doing it for a long time, but not long enough. And as we move forward, we fast forward from that time in 1986 to 2020 and now 2021. Tell us a little bit from a planning perspective of the challenges that you faced last year and then some of the new challenges that you're seeing this year being that there will be a limited number of fans, but not uh, what we're used to on a, on a yearly basis pre-COVID. 
Well, it's interesting when you sit here and say 35 years, sometimes people sit there and go, well, it must be easy or it must be second nature. But it's I always wish for that status quo here, but there's no such thing as status quo. It's status quo for sure. But uh, what people don't really, if you think back of the past year, we actually really almost went through four tournaments in a year because we were planning for one that ended up being canceled which then we had to address the cancellation of the tournament. We were then at that time looking ahead to this year, but then a couple of weeks later, we were given an opportunity in June to have a tournament, which wasn't as easy as saying yes, but you know, collectively this community working with the resort and the town and all, we pulled it off. So then we had this event in June and we turned around nine months later to, to plan for a tournament that we thought was gonna be more like 2019, not 2020. And here we are with limited capacity and a social distancing and a safety and health plan that we almost thought this time last year, we wouldn't, you know, the pandemic would go away and we'd be back to the norm. So the challenges actually are even more difficult this year. It's not where we want to be um, by, by far, but it's, it's certainly better than the alternative of where we were in June. But at least in June, we knew no spectators, kind of the gates are up and that's it. Here, when we get into social distancing, sanitizing, safety, health, um, the well-being of all, testing, um, you know, sanitizing the buses, uh, concessions, no will call, these things. Actually, the planning is even a little more difficult, even on on the smaller scale than we were from the June of last year, but uh, we wish we were full steam ahead as we have been in 19 and you know, for whatever it's worth, we're already looking forward to 22, but we're going to have an incredible 21 here and in, uh, in a matter of a few weeks. Steve, talk a little bit about if you would, that limited number of spectators, most people would think that limited number of spectators and then the transportation side of things would be much easier for the foundation as far as shuttling uh, spectators to the course. Talk about how that's not really the case of uh, and why it can't be the case. Well, I'm, it kind of goes to a, a couple different things, too, even the, how we've addressed our offerings and being our ticket packages and, and things too. I mean, this wasn't a decision that was made in a meeting. There was many, many meetings, many, many different parties that were engaged in this. But when we when we look back to possibly selling, we originally thought about building out the site as we normally do. But when we started looking at the, uh, the sunken costs and some of the hidden costs of building out the site, transportation, whether you have a thousand people or 25,000, we still have to have the same amount of buses and shuttles. And then on, on top of that, we have to follow the protocols of the sanitizing and cleaning those once people get off the bu those buses and all too. So our transportation costs are the same, whether whether we have a thousand or five, uh, 5,000 or 25,000. And then the same thing with security. But uh, you know, we have to have that security, that infrastructure out there. So the decision was made back in the fall um, after, well, late fall, really. And that's um, was the fact we weren't going to build out, but we were going to have a couple different ticket offerings. And uh, um, people could look at the fact that the, our ticket offerings and, and the structure of our packages are certainly different than we've had in the past. And the past was weekly badges 
This year we're selling daily tickets on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and yes, Wednesday as well. We're not open on Monday and Tuesday, which is completely different than what we've done in the past. But from an operation side, we're able to control, have a better understanding of, of that number of on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, exactly how many people are coming. Uh, the one challenge that we've had with selling weekly badges, which has been wonderful, and the fact that you're here, it's it's good for the entire week, is that those tickets we found over the years working with Clemson and the University of South Carolina with their economic impact study is we realized that people were using the badges 3.2 days a week. So we didn't know if they were coming Monday, Saturday, Sunday, or they're coming Thursday. So this is helping us off keeping a, you know, a close look at our expenses as we, you know, continue to sell tickets and all too. So um, we are definitely looking at things differently out there and we'll, and, and it's going to be a it's going to be a unique experience, um, but it's going to be an added value too because there will be less people out there. But it will be different than not what we want. Um, um, it's what we where we are, and we look forward to getting back to things hopefully next year for sure. Steve, as I hear you talk, I think about what's old is actually what's new again. And I remember years ago we used to have the daily tickets, and then we went to the weekly badges. And now in 2021, because of COVID, we're back to, to daily ticket sales. Yeah, it's it's amazing how it works. And now we're even getting to a point of taking it a step further. And this is uh, this is for down the road, but electronic. I mean, we know how it works at arenas and stadiums and the ticket masters and things, too. And, uh, you know, we're getting to a point where we realize that you know this year, especially without having will call and can interact with tickets and the, the handling of dollars and cents and some of these other things that we're, we're we've already have had discussions with looking at as we continue to have had over the years, but we even actually had a conversation this week with Ticketmaster of telling us how, how can we do it in this unique environment being through a community with all these access points. And, uh, you know, but this would, this makes us special. This is what I love about this tournament to so many that I've been to. I mean, you feel like you're going into arena. We're, we're in a community We're you know, you have access points everywhere, but that's because there's homes and there's villas and, that experience of those parties and um, the accommodations that people are staying in, sponsors and partners and the players. I mean, that 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 all is a part of what makes this such a special and unique, unique event on the PGA Tour. In your job, there are, I'm sure, many, many memories. And it's a hard question to ask, and it's probably even a harder question to answer. And that is, what's a top memory, one or two top memories that through these years that, that really stick out as unique to you? You, you know, it, I mean, that is a difficult question. And, you know, sometimes these terms kind of run together and you don't know. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest things or a couple of things, I mean, I, I think back when I first got into the business and uh, having had a drinking buddy in the in the name of Payne Stewart, who kind of used to hang out and we'd go out at night and have a 
couple, I mean, never forget the Michelob beers and the old bottles. I can picture it now, but it's, it's building these kind of relationships. Um, uh, I know one thing, and we, we know how important, especially what we've learned over the last year is how important our health is and our family and friends and faith and, uh, you know, all this other stuff we're trying to figure out. But I did have an experience, uh, uh, geez, it probably has to be 15, 16 years ago, um, with Davis love that who's become a great friend. And my first tournament in 87 was his first win. And, uh, we have, be, have created a family friendship, but after he won in, um, I think it was nine I forget which year he won. Well, after the, the tournament, he grabbed this, kid to ride with him into the media center and then took him to the locker room and he sat next to him I did interviews and he was holding the trophy and the next day the media was all saying how great was it for Davis to share his win with his son and I'm telling everybody that was my son that was my son Charlie that he said his family wasn't there and he's like come on and and Charlie who's 26 now was probably seven eight or so and that that was something and that was really, um, really special because it was something that was a part of the, the family and um, which meant something. But uh, I have so many and it's the relationships. I mean, I to talk, talk about specific things. I, I think of the, the, you know, the individuals, you know, the partners for 35 years with the Coca-Cola's and Anheuser-Busch's. And I can go back to the MCI and Verizon days of those individuals. But, you know, the Hargraves and Pomino Electric, these people, I mean, this is it's it's a very I've had so many wonderful memories and so I've built so many wonderful relationships and that's what this business is is about relationships and and you have great relationships because you have great friendships and partnerships and uh they believe in us I believe in them and uh you know it's not about me it's about we and we're in it together and that's what you know the here it comes back this whole full circle of this community I mean uh, this it's special I mean it's it's unique and the likes of the individuals on the PGA tour, the CBS, when the CBS rolls into town, they, there's somebody from Hargrave standing next to somebody with Time Warner who's standing next to somebody with Palmer Electric and they're ready to go where when they're in LA, they don't know what's going on and things. So uh, we're very fortunate in that respect to have these kind of relationships and partnerships. Steve, you, you talk on relationships and I think it's important to those who are listening today to know that the success, the strength of our field is a lot of that is because the relationships that you have been able to foster with two PGA Tour players. And uh, I just wanted our listeners to know that because you're out at other tournaments working, trying to further enhance those relationships to recruit the best field to Hilton Head Island uh, that you can recruit. Well, you know, you know, I hate talking about myself, but it's 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 this community that sells this tournament. It's it's not me. I mean, it's yes, I've created these relationships and it goes back to when we did the uh, players amateur for all those years at it between Belfair and Berkeley Hall. And that's really where, yes, the relationships were created and uh, and all. But these these individuals, these players, um, these professionals, these agents, these sponsors, these partners. 
partners. Uh, they want to be here. Uh, there's nothing, nothing wrong. There's, there's no other event in the world in any sport than Augusta and the, the Masters the week before us. But they want to come down here. They want to, they want to be a part of something special. I mean, if you talk to CBS and we have Jim Nance on tape going, his favorite three hours at Augusta is, or, is the drive to Hilton Head, and uh, and that's. It's because it's 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 the atmosphere. It's the um, it's the people. It's the hospitality. It's uh, it's the laid back atmosphere that they're, you know, for them to be in L.A., for them to be in Orlando, to be at some of these places, to come down here. It, it's a unique spot on the PGA Tour. And, and they want to be here. You know, yes, I've built some relationships, but, you know, with some of our other people in this community have certainly built some relationship, too, because these players want to be here. So. With successes also go challenges. And what, uh, other than COVID, through your time as the tournament director, what's been a, a unique challenge or something that sticks out or that you remember through the years that you had to uh, react quickly and and maybe put out a fire or just some type of challenge you had to deal with? Um. Well, you know, the, the, the challenge – well, there's a couple things. I can go back to um, – you know, now these tournaments running the year we certainly lost our parking lots because of mother nature. Uh, and I'll tell you that that goes back to Steve Riley going, yes is the answer. What's the question? You know, it's, it's talking to the head of the school, um, board, school board talking about the high school using the parking lot. It's, it's reacting. And, uh, it was the, the sheriff's department, the town, everyone going, Yes is the answer. What's the question? Let's get this done. And it happened a couple of years ago when we had that wind come through and we had some things knocked down. Well, heck, Steve Riley of the town called me and asked what they could do. I didn't call them. They're like, what can we do? Do we need trucks? Do we need, you know, what do you need? And that that's that's some of the you talk about challenges. I mean, that's the thing you kind of react on. But it's not that it's not that it's easy, but it's also knowing everybody knows the importance of this tournament, not just to this community, but the state, you know, South Carolina and the PGA Tour and and, and the country and so forth. But, uh, you know, everyone's in it together. And, uh, um, you know, and it's, it's it's not the same every year. And just because you did something a way five years ago, let alone last year, doesn't mean it's, it's the way to do it this year. And it's just like tickets. It's just like parking. I mean, it, it took Mother Nature to they, that really pushed the envelope to move people outside of Sea Pines to Honeyhorn and elsewhere. And it's like, why didn't we do this more, you know, before? But um, you know, sometimes you don't pull that trigger. Sometimes it it, it takes a negative thing uh, for a positive. Um, yeah, and that was one of the. It was a negative situation. It was an unfortunate situation that did create a lot of headaches, but it also supported us in doing some things moving forward. So. We're sitting down today with Steve Wilmot, who's the tournament director for the RBC Heritage, as well as the president of the Heritage Classic Foundation. And Steve, we know that uh, charity is so important to you and not only you, but the entire Heritage Classic Foundation. And talk just a little bit about charity. And then the second part of that, I know that there's a, a new opportunity this year to raise some additional dollars for charity and thought maybe it'd be good for you to share that with the listeners. 
Yeah. Yes, Bill. Thank you. And you know, I actually probably should have even started it off this way with, the, with talking about the tournament with charity. I mean, the two the two most important things about this year was is obviously the safety and health and well being and making sure we're doing the right things. But the second part was to get our charity programs back up and running again. I mean, we unfortunately just like this community felt the last year with the with the pandemic of uh, we had to shut down our charitable programs and. Uh, um, but for us to reopen them up again, knowing that we can go ahead and can get these things started again, our birdies for charity and our, our, our matching programs, that was that that was the most important thing to the Heritage Classic Foundation was to do that. Yes, in a safe and health, healthy way. And then all those other things will fall into place. We talked about strength of field and those things. Yeah, it's important, but it's the making sure everyone's safe, making sure that we're able to get our charity back up and running again it won't be like it was in 19 but we're going to get back there because there's so many you know worthy organizations and group out there that could certainly um you support and that's why we do what we do on the bottom line for giving back but um, a part of the second part of your question is we've we've created a little bit uh, uh a plaid pledge program really with uh in making a contribution of 250 dollars to the heritage classic foundation you'll receive a flag um and you know, the idea is to uh, really Plaid Nation, proud to be a part of the term, proud to be a part of this community and uh, and fly the flag you know, proudly you know, the week of the tournament, certainly without the, you know, certainly the, the rest of the year as well. But um, so thank you for asking about that. That's important to us. Ticket sales are so important. Limited number of spectators this year. We know that. Uh, uh, some days are getting close to being sold out, if not already sold out. Tell us where we are on ticket sales and then the, what the opportunity is to uh, to purchase those. Well, they are going fast. We did announce uh, our all-exclusive, our uh, sponsor um, tickets for Saturday are sold out, but we're getting close uh, there on Saturday altogether. But, uh, and then we also sold out our, our Wednesday ticket. But, you know, the pricing structure is a little different this year, but that's all. We're just looking for support from a ticket support us to get us back on track, uh, to get the community, you know, get us all together so that come next year, we can be back to somewhat more norm, be able to open up all the charitable offerings, get our, our big concession program going that we're working here with Surge on and, uh, and the local community and, um, you know, and, and get back. But, um, but tickets are, they're going fast and they are limited. And, uh, you know, we're at a point too is, um, you know, it's not, we can't scale up should we get to a point because of just the the infrastructure, we can't su support it, but the tickets are going. And like I said, we announced uh, this past Wednesday, the sellout of uh, our Monday Pro-Am, our Wednesday uh, tickets, and then Sundays or Saturdays, uh, private hot, or the hospitality, which is our sponsor village tickets, which are all inclusive. The community and the region was excited last year just to be able to host a tournament. And then this year, the, the buzz is certainly back in the in the air about being able to attend the tournament. Are you going? Which day are you going on? And do you have your tickets yet? And I'll, I'll add in that uh, uh, you can go to the Heritage Classic Foundation website or you can come into the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber of Commerce and purchase your tickets here. And Steve, any other additional ticket info you'd like to share? No, but one thing with that is no, I mean, that's exactly where, but 
this community is excited and getting getting fired up. We're getting closer and closer. We had some great announcements today, but our volunteers and you know this community, our volunteer uh, you know based community this is, but they are as excited as we've ever seen them. And you know we've all been kind of locked up for a year. A lot of our volunteers have been vaccinated. A lot of our volunteers are let's go, and we have more than we've ever had before. And it just shows that people are want to support want to get us going again, but also to get out there and uh, showcase this incredible community. And uh, uh, it's a it's a team effort, and uh, it's going to be a win-win-win for everybody, you know, in a couple weeks. And uh, again, I you have no idea how much I appreciate the support from you and your team in this whole community. You mentioned a little bit ago about Jim Nance and Augusta. We know that uh, not too long ago, uh, the players had said that other than Augusta, Hilton Head Island, and the Harbor Town Golf Links is their next favorite course. Why do you think that is? Well, it wasn't just the, the course. And being second to the Masters in anything makes us number one in my eyes. So, you're, you know, it's uh, so it's one of those things that truly the players look at it as from the, the, the playability of the golf course, the experience, the community, uh, the restaurants, the hospitality, the accommodations, uh, um, all the amenities that we have here. And it's a part of that experience. But we were ranked number two of all the PGA Tour events. Um, I did a little interview yesterday, ironically, with Webb Simpson. And Webb, Webb was quick to say yesterday that he was talking about how he this is a golf course, a place they love to see a major played. Now, we know from infrastructure and some other things, majors are a little different, a little bigger than what we normally have here in April. But to hear him talk about here, he talked about renting a house with his family. He talked about walking the beaches. I mean, this is a part of uh, what makes this this tournament, the, the RBC Heritage, um, the week after the Masters, after a major, makes it so special. And we certainly have found it a little niche on the PGA Tour. And it's uh, uh, it, it's been it's been great for this community. Even in early years, you had the opportunity to work to work with some greats. And uh, the greats of Mr. Joe Frazier or Mr. John Curry, Mr. Angus Cotton, Mr. Deke DeLoach. And to some people listening today, they will remember those gentlemen. And uh, others didn't have the opportunity, I'm sure, because of moving here at a later time to, to meet them. Just chat with us a little bit about what it was to work with those gentlemen and the, the tremendous difference that they made in this tournament and also helping keep this golf tournament on Hilton Head Island. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna point over my shoulder. I have a picture of those four gentlemen. I just got chill bumps when you mentioned it, uh, Bill. Um, you know, the reason I, I come to work and the reason I work as hard as I do is those four guys um, gave me an opportunity when others didn't believe in myself. And um, I work hard each and every day. And I, and for those people that didn't get a chance to meet Mr. Frazier, Mr. Cotton, Mr. Delocha, Mr. Curry, uh, it, it's it's unfortunate because I learned so much from them. We know Mr. Hospitality and Angus, Papa Joe, as they say, Mr. Frazier, didn't, didn't have a lot to say, but when he spoke, you listened. And I learned so much from him that there are two sides to every story. He, he, I learned so much for the, from those individuals. And it's unfortunate that people don't realize this community is changing. We all know. Um, but those four, 
those four people is why Bill, the the chamber is what it is today. You know that this community is what it's today, and not just this resort, but uh, this entire co community. But um, thank you for bringing that up. I mean, that's not something I expect expected to hear, but I have a picture of the four of them behind me, and uh, that's why I come to work every day is because of those four gentlemen. I know that you don't like to talk about yourself very often, but uh, I'm going to make you talk about yourself one or two more times before we let you go. And the first one is I want to talk about the tournament advisory council that you chair. And that is a group of your peers that run tournaments across the country and uh, that, that you all, your group, you are the chairman of that group. And talk about that and then how you also interact with the uh, player advisory group as well. Well, thank you, Bill. I mean, what what makes it pretty special, it was, it was my peers, uh, all the tournaments on the PGA Tour, which all, is also some of the uh, match play, or excuse me, some of the world championship tournaments. But my peers elected me in uh, to chair the, the Tournament Advisory Council. It oversees all the tournaments. Uh, I were, we were we, but I, as the chair, work very closely with the tour. But because of my position, I also sit on the policy board, which is uh, chaired by some um, uh, the chairman of AT&T and some others, too. So it's nice to be able to sit in that group. Um, but then also I, I get I sit on the PAC, which is a player advisory council, which is chaired by uh, Rory McIlroy. And when you have Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm on that board, you, you, that's where the relationships certainly uh, um, are created. I've, I've had the pleasure to sit in a lot of those meetings, but unfortunately, the past past six, nine months, they've been virtual and uh, had a couple recently. But I'm looking to get back out on the road here soon. But that that has been that has been great for us. It's certainly for my but it's great for this tournament. It's great to uh, to hear from them. Uh, it's great to know what other tournaments do good that we might be able to do, and also to hear the good things that we do um, that makes us special on the PGA Tour. But uh, um, it's it again. It's not about me. It's about we. I have an incredible team. Uh, we have incredible support from the foundation, and you know, Bill, you're one of our trustees, and you. Your leadership and guidance gives us the opportunity as a team to do put our best foot forward to try to create the best experience, you know, best in practice of the, all events on the PGA Tour. We know you're extremely passionate about your job and about what you do, dedicated many, many hours, 12 to 13 months a year that uh, you're doing that. But we also know that you're extremely passionate and dedicated to your family. And uh, for those who might not be familiar with your family, uh, Charlie, his son is now living here on Hilton Head Island, is, is a realtor, uh, was, a, was a terrific basketball player in high school, terrific football player, was a quarterback in high school. As Steve was, was an athlete, so was, was Charlie. And then also his daughter, Ashley, she's in high school and uh, one, one of the leading volleyball players in the high school ranks and also playing travel volleyball and uh is very, very good. And then the best part, uh, other than his children, are his wife, Deanie. And we know uh, how good of a, a spouse she is uh, because we know the number of hours that you work and your commitment to the tournament. But I've always been impressed about how there's always time for the family and family comes first. And just mention something a little bit about your family and then we'll let you go. Well, I mean, 
fortunately, the family understands, um, you know, my wife, Deanie, and obviously the, the children that came along afterwards, the fact that this is this is my time and they realize how important the tournament is to me. And these six weeks, two months leading up to the tournament, I, I don't have to worry about uh, uh, folding clothes or making a tournament. I mean, paybacks are heck maybe a little come May, but uh, um, they understand my, um, my, my commitment. Uh, I am, I guess you could say somewhat of a workaholic and, uh, but something I did, did learn a few years ago and certainly knowing how we all know our time flies, but, uh, um, you know, our health is so important and you need your health to be there for your family. And, uh, um, you know, these, these times, like, you know, I'd live till this time of year for Friday so I can work weekends, but you know, if I can, you know, there's no reason why I can't break away tomorrow and play nine holes with my son because I, I need to, and I should, and spend those times. And we all need to with our family and our friends and have the faith that we can get through all this. Um, but those things are so important. That extra ticket we're trying to sell and that extra, you know, <laughs> fence rope and stake we're putting up, we can, we can get to that we'll figure that out but we we need to be there for family and friends and 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 our health so steve on behalf of a grateful community we just uh can't thank you enough for your leadership your vision your dedication uh, for the rbc heritage as well as the heritage classic foundation the number of years that you've committed your life to and committed to excellence in bringing the best the best tournament on the pga tour to hilton head island so thank you we Thank you for being with us today. And it's always great to talk to you. And we look forward to seeing you here uh, soon, but also looking forward to seeing you at the Harbortown Golf Links. Absolutely. Again, Bill, th- thank you. We're, we're both blessed to be in this incredible community with so many wonderful people pulling together to, for the common good and making us all better. And, you know, we'll, we'll learn from all these, these past year experiences, but uh, we'll be better for it too. And uh, again, thank you and your team uh, for all your support. Thanks everyone for listening to today's Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber Five Questions with Podcast. We encourage you to tune in for future episodes. We're going to be talking with more thought leaders from throughout the Low Country. Wherever you subscribe to your podcast now, that's where you'll find your chamber. So tune in for future shows and future podcasts with the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber.